The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Happy Labor Day weekend, everybody. It's Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. I hope you are doing well. I hope you've been keeping up with all of the Bengals news uh, coming through the wire this weekend because there has been a lot, even outside of the final roster announcement, that really kind of took total form on Saturday. Uh, There's a lot to digest as we are now officially heading into the regular season. The Bengals made some moves on Sunday afternoon. Hey, Keith, how are you? Good to see you, buddy. Uh, They made some moves on Sunday afternoon, and they are also – they also announced their practice squad, so – or, or most of their practice squad at this point. So there there might be a couple of spots to still be filled, but for the most part, there is – we've got an idea on things. Uh, I mentioned earlier, for those of you joining me live, I appreciate it. It might be a little bit late for some of you, on, especially on the East Coast of, of the U.S. Um, I mentioned that I was going to be on the air a little bit earlier, but some, some personal items came up, and uh, um, I had to postpone my, my online appearance a little bit. But I did want to come on here regardless and obviously give an update through our, through our podcast channels and whatnot Um, In case those of you haven't heard and or have some questions, concerns, all that sort of thing. So let's jump into it. Um, And Josh Holland here in the live YouTube, or excuse me, YouTube, live Facebook chat, um, talks here. He talks about Pharaoh Cooper. So obviously, let's start with the two waiver claims that the Bengals made on Sunday. We figured they would probably make at least one, if not two, maybe even more. But we knew they'd make one or two waiver claims. We did not think they would make the claims necessarily at the positions they did. So in case you've missed it, the Bengals grabbed running back Samaje Pirine from uh, the Redskins. So he, uh, a former college teammate of Joe Mixon, now he's kind of more of the one-cut, bigger back, um, but very productive in college. He teamed up with Joe Mixon to have a very productive Oklahoma Sooners backfield. So 
Um, you know, uh, from that standpoint, I think, uh, you know, you can say college teammates, whatever. And, and by the way, for those of you who follow Joe Mixon on Twitter, he lobbied to, to the Bengals to pick up P. Ryan. So um, he got his wish. He's done it a couple of times um, in terms of bring this guy in, bring this guy in. And uh, he, he got his wish this time around. So the Bengals brought him in. Now, let's start with, with P. Ryan here. There is, and Keith Thompson here in, in the live Facebook says that we needed a bigger back. Yes, yes and no. I think that's part of it. Um, look, this, uh, the Oklahoma running backs uh, that usually are in a system that is a one-cut type of system, um, one-cut-and-go, one-read-and-go type of type of running back system. Joe Mixon, though he dances around at times in the backfield, he creates when there's not a lot of uh, blocking because he can be patient. If you notice, when there is a specifically designed play, he is kind of a one, one cut guy. Go north, then fight off the tackles from there. So, uh, Mixon has obviously more wiggle to him than um, many backs in the NFL, especially for his size. But I think systematically, the Pirine addition makes a lot of sense for this team. Um, you know, I think Pirine will probably fit in with the the blocking scheme and all of that. Um, I, I just, I think from that standpoint, it makes sense. Now the Bengals only had three running backs on their final roster as of Saturday. And one of those three, Travion Williams was not, uh, has been battling an injury and we don't know if he's going to be available for week one. Unfortunately, the Bengals thought they would have an, another explosive back in Rodney Anderson. He looked great in his preseason debut against uh you know uh, against the Giants a few a couple of weeks ago but unfortunately in the in the finale he tore his ACL tore the same ACL he was coming back from so now he's gone by the way another Oklahoma running back are you seeing a pattern so now P Ryan steps in and uh you know I think the hope is that not only will they have another back to spell Mixon and Bernard especially if Williams is injured but they also like Keith said has they they have now a a big back and i think that there's going to be in case you haven't noticed an emphasis on being productive in the red zone that's why they kept a big body like Auden tate on the, on the final roster that's why they brought back tyler eifert that's why they brought back cj uzama they want to be productive in the red zone and a big bruiser back not the mixon can't punch it in himself He's, he did a lot of that last year but another big bruiser back to get those short yardage critical short yardage situations that's kind of where p ryan will probably have you know a little bit of worth here going forward so i I think from even though we'd like to see the offensive tackle group be bolstered even though we'd like to see the linebacker group be bolstered that move makes sense now the second move that the Bengals made was for Farrow Cooper, the wide receiver. He's kind of he was a former fourth round pick was with the Rams bounced around a little bit and now he was on the Rams when Zach Taylor was there, so obviously there's some familiarity there. Some folks, and I get I get this sentiment, but some folks are looking at this and, and kind of scratching their heads, right? I mean, they're saying, well, why, why didn't they go after a tackle? Why didn't they go after I, – I understand the sentiments. Now, let me just say this. There are a couple of caveats here that I think some people may be overlooking. Now, you may have heard, seen on Twitter or other areas that Cooper doesn't really have the best analytic, you know, data analytics surrounding his play in the NFL. He's really a special teams guy. That's where he's 
and then really that seems to be where he's going to be making the biggest impact for the Bengals this year. So, you know, you, you kind of look at it at first blush and you scratch your head. Well, number one, the offensive line market wasn't really that great in terms of who was out there on waiver wire, uh, on the waiver wire. Number two, linebackers. Yeah, there were a couple out there that could help you out, but um, you know, I, I, I'm almost wondering now if the Bengals truly are going to let's just load up on defensive backs, maybe have three safeties out there, push Sean Williams up, play him in the box a bit more, and maybe have two other safeties deep. Maybe that's more of what Lou Anarumo is going to do, kind of have a lot of defensive backs and make sure that they can cover. Um, you know, obviously tight ends have not opposing tight ends have not been friendly to the Bengals over the years. And maybe that sort of system will help remedy some of those issues. It didn't seem that, that, to work in the preseason at least, but you know, we know teams go vanilla. So linebacker help, maybe it, you know, they got rid of a linebacker and we'll get to that in just a second to make room for these two additions. So uh, you know, I, I I think that maybe they're not really valuing that position as highly as some some of us are, or see the need as see it as much as much of a need as we do. So there's that facet. Look, a lot of people thought that hey, they bring in this kick return guy in Cooper. That means Erickson's going to be the odd man out. Well, Erickson stayed, I and mean, he's staying at least for now. And it was Malone who made the final 53, who was now let go in the wake of this. So what that tells me, and if you look at the preseason, Erickson didn't have a ton of work, especially in the later games. What that tells me is that some of the springtime rumblings of Alex Erickson going to be productive and played more on offense is true. He's probably going to get more snaps. AJ Green, especially early in the season, AJ Green is hurt. John Ross didn't play one snap in any preseason games, and he's just coming back for the week one game here. They've got Damian Willis, an undrafted rookie free agent who's going to start. They like what, what they see in him. They have confidence in him, but you do have to be at least a little bit wary of, you know, relying heavily and, and having lofty expectations immediately for a player like that, even though he did play well in the summer. So I think, you, you know, this is why this makes sense. Maybe they're going to take some of that kick return load off of Alex Erickson and give it to Cooper going forward. Not that Alex Erickson was doing a poor job in kick returns. He, he's had a, a solid career doing that over the past couple of years, but it's more now that they have another guy to do that. They also have Darius Phillips who they kept, um, you know, he, he flashed as a kick returner this preseason. So, you know, I think now the plan may be let's use Erickson a bit more on offense and that's where a guy like Cooper, who also can provide wide receiver depth, that's where he, uh, that addition makes sense. Yes, I agree. I would like to have seen some offensive line help, especially someone that could maybe immediately come in and have some form of an impact. Uh, same thing to, can be said about the linebacker group, but they didn't do that. They they felt that they need, they, you know, got, the, they need to get these two guys. That's what would have made this team better and moving and you know, they're moving in the right direction towards week one. Now the one facet, I mentioned it. If you, if you watched me yesterday and the other um, update pod, you know, podcast episode I did, 
The other facet is I still do not think this team is done in terms of additions, whether that means a trade, whether that means a, you know, uh, you know, another waiver wire guy in season, that sort of thing. Um, I don't think that this team is done. And I think if you've watched this team and how they operate in free agency, a lot of times what they do is a week or two weeks or maybe even three weeks into the season, they go then and get a guy. Maybe it's because of an injury that's happened, but a lot of times they bring in just another guy off the street, a veteran free agent, because the guaranteed money is far lower on a contract that's not all 16 games. And it's obviously it's probably going to be a rental type of deal for this veteran. So that's another thing to keep in mind as, as we go forward, that they're probably not done. There might be an offensive lineman that is out there right now that they wait a game or two to bring in. Same thing could be said with linebackers. So keep that in mind if, if you are negative uh, on these two additions. Personally speaking, I think they both make quite a bit of sense. Um, they were good college players. That does not mean they're going to be great NFL players, as obvious, obviously, because they were let go by previous teams. But, you know, the hope is that Taylor can bring something out of those guys to help the team right away. We're going to get to some of these questions and comments and, and keep continue to keep updating you on some of the news that came across the wire on Sunday. But just so you know, in case you're new around these parts, I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. I like to do these Facebook live videos to not only update our readers and listeners on, um, you know, the some big news occurring with the Bengals, but also to kind of keep up our podcast library to make sure that we're, we're doing, uh, giving you a lot of good stuff there as well. So if you're new to Cincy Jungle, check out our podcast when you get a chance. We appreciate that. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. The other piece that comes with this, our guys are now gone That uh, with the waiver wire edition. So P. Ryan and Cooper are in. I mentioned Josh Malone is now out, as is linebacker Hardy Nickerson. Now, you had to believe that those two were, when they made the 53-man, I mean, common sense had to tell you that they were a couple of the last guys on the roster. You it just, you know, you kind of felt that way. There are some others, maybe even Jake Dolagala, the third quarterback, but, um, you know, they seem to really like him. So I think he's sticking around. But for now, Malone had a decent preseason, showed some things, had some other lulls in production. Um, 
but still showed enough. And he, interestingly enough, he did some kick return duties as well in the preseason, which was something that was never asked of him under Marvin Lewis. So um, that's kind of where, you know, Cooper slides in there. You can, you can weigh that and say, you know, I'd rather have Malone. I'd rather have Cooper, that sort of thing. I, most people would probably say they, they would still rather have Malone, but uh, I think Cooper maybe understands this system and what's going to be asked of him. So, you know, maybe that, maybe that has the upper hand there. Nickerson, um, you know, we, we've seen quite a bit of him, especially last season when the injuries hit and it uh, wasn't, wasn't very pretty. Did not really show marked improvement in the preseason to some, including myself. I thought it was a shock that he made the 53-man roster, especially over Deshaun Davis, a very similar type of linebacker who, that this coaching staff drafted. And then they draft him. Now, granted, they may, they may there's a couple of spots on the practice squad still open. They may try and slide him on there, but they drafted Deshaun Davis, and he, as of as of Sunday afternoon, he is not on the Bengals practice squad. So obviously they kind of fell out of love with that pick there. So, um, but you know, Nickerson's gone and so is Malone to make room for the, the other two additions going forward. Now, the other big news is that the Bengals, uh, you know, they are finalizing their practice squad. Um, in, in doing so, uh, they kept a couple of guys that I think, you know, most people are pretty pretty excited about um, in terms of guys that have been here, uh, you know, that being especially wide receiver Stanley Morgan and tight end Mason Shrek. They were also able to keep Trayvon Henderson, um, who is a, a defensive back, uh, and then some others, Moritz Boehringer, who does not, because he's an international player, does not count against the normal 10, um, so they're able to kind of keep 11, if you will, because they kept Moritz Boehringer. Cornerback uh, Anthony Chesley, uh, linebacker Noah Dawkins, uh, running back Jordan Ellis, who had a pretty decent preseason, doing a lot of things, doing a lot of the dirty work in the preseason for the team. Tight end Jordan Franks. Um, I mentioned Henderson, Morgan, and Shrek. And then uh, offensive lineman Keaton Sutherland also. Um, the Bengals also um, – it hasn't been official uh, officially announced by the team for one reason or the other, but they seem to be adding former Jets offensive lineman Wyatt Miller to the practice squad, who is an undrafted free agent this year too. So um, they've got they've got most of those spots filled out. We'll probably have the official announcement by by Labor Day Monday, and um, you know that's that's kind of where they're at with the with the practice squad. Again, the Bengals made two waiver claims. They got rid of two players, and then now they they are setting up their practice squad. So um, things are more or less settled. Again, I still think probably a week or two down the road, this is probably going to be a team in a roster that is still being evaluated, and they may add a guy here or there, whether that's via trade, a free agent, that sort of thing. So do not be surprised if they're going to do that. Let's uh, let's get to some of these comments before we get out of here. Um, Paris Blair says, if, if Fedge, meaning Clayton Fedgelum, is going to be some kind of hybrid safety linebacker, I can accept that. He's underutilized, but it's very risky having only four linebackers. It is risky, especially with how hard that position group was hit with injuries last year. Um, you know, Preston Brown, Vontez Perfect, Nick Vigil missed some time. So, I mean – there's three guys down right there as of last season. And, 
you know, they're only carrying four this year. So very thin. I do expect them to probably make some sort of move. Who leaves from that? I don't know. But that's something to, to think about. I, I think they want to see more Williams in that linebacker safety hybrid. But um, they, they did a little bit of that in the preseason. And it didn't look that great when he did that. So maybe Fedulum is more of a guy to do that. I think that having Darquez Denard on the pup list really hurts this kind of overall plan because I think you would be able to roll out Jackson, Kirkpatrick, B.W. Webb, and Denard and be pretty comfortable. Denard's, you know, even though he's a corner, he's a pretty solid tackler. He's a well-built guy for that type of position. So, you know, you would have liked to have seen him out there and, and help out in that regard. But I do agree it's risky. But, hey, things couldn't be much worse on defense this year than they were last year, right? I mean, they were at the bottom of almost every major category they had that historical run, uh, dubious historical run of letting up yards and points, and it, it was not good last year. So, um, you know, obviously that's not a glowing endorsement of any of anybody or anything, but it's nowhere really to go but up is kind of what I'm trying to say based on what we saw last year. Uh, didn't Cooper – Tim Campbell says, didn't Cooper come out of the same draft as Boyd? yes. He did. Um, Boyd was obviously the second-round pick of the Bengals that year. Cooper was in the fourth round to the Rams. Um, But, yes, they were in the same draft there. Uh, Jordan Dunn Sr. says, Brandon Marshall, question mark. I mean, that's probably one of the guys out there. One of the other guys that, um, you know, obviously there's – Kiko Alonso was out there. I think he got traded to the Saints, so he's no longer kind of out, out on the market there. That was one name that was floating around. Brandon Marshall that makes sense on a lot of levels for the Cincinnati Bengals in terms of veteran past their prime, trying to prove themselves, get them on a cheap deal. That to me screams that week two, week three, you know, off, you know, during in week signing, you know, that's, that's kind of what Brandon Marshall says to me. I, you know, I, one guy I was interested in was Cam Smith, the rookie uh, that was, I think a fifth round pick that was drafted this year. He was a USC linebacker. Um, he was waived and, um, you know, Bengals didn't make a claim there. So, um, yeah, but I think Brandon Marshall, I, and I, if I remember correctly, I think the Bengals had some initial interest when Brandon Marshall was first released by the Broncos. Um, so, you know, that may heat back up again. We'll see. Um, Jason Sears says definitely need to trade for an, a veteran alignment. Yeah. I mean, at, there is a if, – if you look around the league and you hear kind of the talking heads recently, you'd have heard that there's really kind of a shortage of quality outside tackles in the league. Uh, the Bengals obviously are one of those teams. That's probably why they went at that position at number 11 overall because they felt that they could get a premium guy, Jonah Williams being that guy. Um, that's why they made a trade for Cordy Glenn last year. So I think that, you know, that the, the trade thing is the market for those guys is astronomical right now, as you saw with Laramie Tunsil and uh, what was given up there. But, you know, it, it, it has yet to be determined what Trent Williams will will fetch if he does end up getting traded. You know, these guys play a lot of cat and mouse with their respective teams and rarely do they actually sit out regular season games. Le'Veon Bell was a recent um, 
kind of aberration of that. But, uh, you know, rarely do these guys actually sit out games. You know, you, you heard Ezekiel Elliott talk about doing it. Now it appears like he's going to sign a new contract and end up in Dallas. We'll see what happens with Melvin Gordon. But my, my point is, is we'll see what happens with Trent Williams if he actually does stay, stick to his word and, and miss those game checks. But um, there are – it's a big price tag for these guys because there is a shortage of tackles. I think I said this and and we can kind of end on this here because we're going a little long, but I said this on Twitter for, for those of you who may or may not follow me. Um, you know, I threw out the notion of why would, why as the Bengals, would you not call Miami to ask, at least ask about Laramie Tunsil, see what they would want. And, and see if that's in your plans. Um, you know, at that point then, the hope is you would have Tunsil, who was on a rookie deal. He is, so it's relatively affordable. He's would have two years left on, still on that rookie deal. And then you would get Jonah Williams back, and then you can bookend those guys. That, then you have two pretty dang good young tackles, if Williams pans out and comes back healthy. You would have two very good tackles for the foreseeable future. Now, granted, the the flip side of that is you would mortgage quite a bit of draft picks, draft capital, that sort of thing, because if you are going to go get a quarterback or if you need to, if you're not, if you do not have the number one overall pick and you want to get a quarterback next year, that's going to hurt you. But my, my point is, with that notion, is that you would, the Bengals need to figure out if they are going to continue the support Andy Dalton plan with a lot of different talent. And then you would make these types of trades for a Trent Williams, for a Laramie Tunsil, and give up that draft capital, which by the way, the Bengals have not done very well recently in rounds one and three in particular in the draft. So you're sacrificing these draft picks that you're not really hitting on anyway, regardless. Or do you, are you resigned to do to do what the Dolphins are set to do this year and tank and stockpile picks and really try and get a quarterback, whether that's this year, whether that's, you know, in 2021, whenever that is. Um, you know, I, I just think that this team needs to make a clear decision on that because otherwise they're going to be stuck in this six to eight win limbo with this new coach. And that's kind of doing a disservice with ever, for everybody. So, um, you know, it's either let's continue to prop up Andy Dalton, rebuild that offensive line, get him a lot of talent and try and mimic what they did in 2015, 2013, those types of years, or it's, we're going to start from scratch. We're going to totally rebuild and, and hoard our draft picks, try and get, you know, a Justin Herbert, a Tua, uh, you know, uh, any of the, the kid from Clemson, any of those guys over the next couple of years. So my point in, in talking about that is these offensive tackles, come at a high, high price and uh, because there's a shortage of them. So the Bengals, if you look at their roster right now, their Bengals are, their tackle position is extremely thin, extremely thin, and their starting left tackle going into week one has been suffering from a concussion. So we have no idea what's going to happen there. There's been very little word on that. So, uh, you know, you would have liked to have seen the Bengals maybe be a bit more aggressive, especially in the wake of the Jonah Williams injury and with the fact that they have told us all off season that they think they can win. Now, this isn't a rebuilding project under Zach Taylor. They think that if they stay healthy, they have enough pieces to win. So why not go out there and make a move for some of those guys? Um, if that's the, if that's your plan, but they need to make a plan in terms of the quarterback position and the direction they're going. And then 
execute that plan from there. But um, we'll, we'll see if they make execute a player trade. They've done it before. We'll see if they have at a you know a free agent in season. They've done that many times before. So I don't know. Uh, there's there definitely still are, are some weak areas on this roster. That is for sure. But I think that most Bengals fans should look at this roster and say, you know what, this has Zach Taylor's thumbprint on it. This is a roster that really was built at almost every spot based on competitions being won in the preseason, based on performance, not tenure, not the fact that you're a rookie and, you know, you got to earn your spot or, you know, you got to bide your time. Uh, the these spots were won by guys regardless of their draft status and if they were with the previous t- regime or not. Um, I, I think you can look at this roster and, and safely say that, you know, this, there was some solid decision-making going on with the players that they had to work with. Thanks for joining us on this Sunday. Enjoy the rest of your Labor Day weekend. Keep it to CincyJungle.com for all the news, opinions, analysis, breaking news, uh, injury news, all that good stuff. Keep it there. Check out our podcast, The Orange and Black Insider. Uh, we do stuff like this as well as a, a weekly show, fantasy football stuff. We do all kinds of stuff. So if you're new to it, check it out. Appreciate all the support. Appreciate you joining us. We'll talk to you soon.